6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. So the new numbers pretty much show the uh, the parties, the two parties, the conservatives and the liberals running neck and neck. It also found that Justin Trudeau's popularity is on the downswing with the prime minister's approval rating dipping below 50 percent for the first time, um, you know, since uh, the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's get into it with Dr. Lydia Miljohn, who's a political science professor at the University of Windsor. Dr. Miljohn, welcome back to the show. Nice to be here, Jalen. Yeah, I hope you've had a good summer. Listen, I know we always have to take uh, polls with a grain of salt, but the numbers are always interesting to chew on a little bit. Let's start with with Justin Trudeau. I mean, losing that uh, that five point lead, the Liberals losing that five point lead. What do you think? Um, you know, it hasn't been it hasn't been a good start for him. How much do you think? Um, People wondering, okay, why the heck are we going to the polls now anyway, number one? And number two, what's happening in in Afghanistan has impacted those numbers. Yeah, I think, you know, initially the, the, the softening of numbers were simply because he had no good reason for us to be going to elections mm-hmm. at the time. You know, remember, it was just a week ago when we were told that we were entering the fourth wave. Um, so, you know, for him to say we want to give you choice is, it runs a bit thin when it's a very risky election. And it happened to also be on the, coinciding on the day where Kabul fell to the, to the Taliban. So terrible timing on the part of Justin Trudeau picking an election. And I think more importantly as the days and weeks go by the fact that they haven't been able to present a platform and the other opposition parties have mm-hmm. i think tells you that they were basically phoning it in and thought that they could take canadians for granted yeah you know what i just i'm scratching my head uh, a little bit it seemed like that they were pretty pretty positive um that um this might be a I don't want to say cakewalk, but maybe a little easier than what it appears uh, to be right now. We're seeing the reception that Trudeau is getting at uh, different spots and stops across the country right now. In Ontario, um, those in Ontario, of course, you know, voter-rich Ontario, an important an important province for the Liberals. We saw those numbers drop about six percent. Um, how surprised are you with that? I'm not terribly surprised. I mean, you got to remember, Ontario still is Doug Ford country, and you know he's uh, mm. he got his electoral success from the 905. And when you look at some of these these polls that focus especially on that seat-rich area, you're seeing that the Conservatives are actually really increasing their support. So that is where they think they can get a path to victory, and that certainly is where the the Liberals would lose government if that were to be the case. It's, it's all going to be about battleground Ontario, unfortunately. It has been, um, it's been a challenge really up until this election campaign for Aaron O'Toole to uh, get his message out, I think, and for people to get to know him. But you know what, Dr. Miljohn, I think over the past uh, week and a half, I have seen more of him. I've heard more of him, obviously, but seems to be connecting more with Canadians than he ever was able to before. Yeah, that's that's true. And in part, it's because, you know, the liberals were able to sort of suck the oxygen out of the room yeah. for the last year and a half because they had their daily COVID panic briefings and telling us how awful everything was. And so they were the area of reassurance. And so it was very difficult for either of the opposition party leaders to make much headway. And for Aaron O'Toole, he was at a disadvantage because he had been elected during the pandemic. Yes. And I think people forget that. But that actually might be in his favor because he is obviously contrasting his approach, his campaigning, 
to that of Trudeau. You see Trudeau in these these rallies, terrible social distancing. The man still doesn't know after I don't know how long. He still doesn't know how to wear a mask. I, I keep on looking at him going, why is there so much air coming in through your nose? Um, whereas you have Aaron O'Toole having this cautious, prudent approach saying, it's a pandemic, you know, I'm not going to go to rallies every day. I'm going to make my policy announcements, you know, uh, in a hermetically sealed room and that way it's safe for everyone. And I think that that helps give him a lot of credibility that he isn't sort of reckless, that he that had things been uh, in his hands that, you know, Canadians would have fared well. And I think that that makes it much more difficult for um, the, the Trudeau Liberals to launch their attacks about how scary Aaron O'Toole would be, um, given that he's obviously much more cautious than the Liberals have been. Yeah, like built his own little TV studio, built his own little studio uh, to broadcast out to these town halls, which is a really great idea as well, because you can hit right across the country, not just a one stop. I think that was a really good idea on his part. Yeah, and great production values, yeah. you know, like it, it, you can really see it because you see, you know, even Jagmeet Singh, when he does his one-on-one -on -one interviews, they're grainy videos like everybody else has to do in sort of some corner of your apartment, <laughs> whereas a tool has a really slick, you know, machine going. And it, it, it gives sort of that gravitas. It gives that feeling like, okay, these people have thought about this. They're not amateurs. They know what they're doing. And so I, I think those things have, have helped. And quite frankly, the liberals have gotten in their own way. I mean, they've, they've pulled some ridiculous stunts um, over the last few days. I mean, you know, editing that video and making it sound, you know, basically putting words in the mouth of uh, Aaron O'Toole, really misrepresenting him, mm. getting, you know, called out by Twitter of all places for misinformation uh, doesn't look good on the governing party. Uh, and then today there's yet another, I don't know if you heard, if, if you heard this one, but Marion Monsef, yes. who is the Minister of Women, refers to her brothers in the Taliban. It's yeah. like, Oh my God, that is like the most horrific messaging I have mm -hmm. seen uh, since the 1993 campaign. Yeah, yeah, it was just a head shaker and it's, you know, yeah, it, it, it's it's left me, <laughs> that one's left me speechless as I try to, to try to wrap my head around it and, and, and put together words to, to, to address that one. But, you know, leading up to the campaign, you know, um, the, the Conservatives had some blunders as well leading up to it, but during it, um, um, seemingly so far so good for them. Yeah, no, so far so good. And, you know, what's interesting is that they are running a disciplined campaign. And I know what you're referring to with their blunder with that ridiculous Willy Wonka ad, which got pulled right yes. away and it'll soon be forgotten. But apart from that, they haven't... Um, they haven't been on the defensive. You know, every time Justin Trudeau tries to get in a wedge issue, be it vaccine mandate, be it privatized health care, O'Toole's response has been measured, has been calm. He hasn't been reactionary. And I think that that, again, shows that he's prepared for these these, these attacks and um, a very calm person on the, on the stage. Sometimes it takes him a bit a little bit more time than you'd like to respond, but nonetheless, he eventually comes up with a response much quicker than his mm -hmm. predecessor um, had Andrew Scheer last yeah. time around, who was just dogged by questions about his views on abortion and yep. things like that, which really was a distraction, and it made it so difficult for them to get their message out. And look at the NDP. The polling numbers up around 21%. I think that's the highest uh, that we've ever seen those numbers. Um, 
What does it say for the party? Well, they, you know, they've been working hard at, you know, getting the, the message out of a Jagmeet Singh, and he is personally quite popular in mm-hmm. at least in some segments. I mean, those numbers, I wouldn't spend too much time on any individual poll because, as we know, those can change and it's quite fluid. And so things are going to flip back and forth. I think there's an even more recent poll that shows the NDP's numbers down like 17%. Yeah. So, you know, the, these things are going to move around, and I don't get overly concerned about daily polls, but I think what we, you want to see is is what are the trends and mm-hmm. the fact that since the beginning of the campaign, or at least since last month, the Liberals lost, you know, 10 percentage points. Now, that is a uh, that is a big loss, and that seems to be a sustained loss. And so their big challenge ahead is, like, how are they going to get their vote out? How are they going to make sure that there aren't too many disaffected Liberals to, to sit this election out? What are you going to be watching for over the next, uh, let's just do a week at this time. I always ask you about the crystal ball, Lydia, but what do you, let's just do a week at a time. What do you, and, I, and I suspect, I mean, you know, Afghanistan is still going to be one that is going to, uh, that it's going to, it's going to dog uh, Trudeau. Yeah, I think so. I think for the next few days, uh, we're going to move away from talking about any other policy except for Afghanistan, in part because of the the statement by Maryam Monsef. Mm-hmm. They really have some explaining to do over that. But also, those images and the stories out of Afghanistan mm-hmm. are not going to get any better. Um, the, the, the deadline is fast approaching, and these are some pretty pretty horrific stories. And and it doesn't it doesn't look good on a government to hear your current and former military saying that you've abandoned people uh, who have helped you. And I think that kind of criticism is is going to really sting over the next few days. I also expect that you know the parties are going to continue to um, you know lay out their their platform. We still haven't seen the full platform from the Liberals, and that's mm-hmm. something that you'd think they'd, they'd, they'd have something <laughs> for us, given that, again, it was Justin Trudeau who called the election, nobody else. Uh, but, you know, we've already seen the, the platforms from the NDP and the Conservatives, and so what they're doing is just parsing them out every day, a different aspect. And, and I think those are good policy debates to have, you know, uh, you know, how do you deal with affordability you of yeah. housing? Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, the questions haven't been too tough, but at least we've been seeing that they've been thinking about these issues. Dr. Miljohn, always great to chat with you. Thanks for this. Let's do it again soon. My pleasure. Nice talking to you, Julia. Yeah, take care. Dr. Lydia Miljohn, who is uh, a political science professor at the University of Windsor. It's-